Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So breaking news, the trade deficit for the United States has actually shrunk by the largest percentage since 2008 and the GFC. So just looking at it on the surface, you'd say, well, this is great news. This is fantastic. We're having a manufacturing renaissance. The exports are booming. But then you've got to read the fine print and you see that the trade deficit is dramatically shrinking, not because our exports are increasing, but because our imports are decreasing, which would lead you to believe that this is a sign that aggregate demand is really, really, really shrinking in the United States. And you juxtapose this to the first story we had today, where the jobs numbers were what, 100,000 more than expectations? And then you kind of have to scratch your head and say, okay, well, this is an outlier number for sure. Uh, Does it mean anything? Or how much does it mean? How much weight should I give this number? And uh, we were talking about the labor force participation, which didn't specifically talk, uh, which didn't really pertain to the jobs number, because that really more pertains to the unemployment rate. But we are talking about how if we don't have any more jobs today than we had back in 2019, even though over the last year, we've, we've gained a lot of jobs, that just means that we're replacing the ones that we already lost. So that in and of itself isn't necessarily a, a, a good thing on net balance. But let's get into this trade deficit, because this is really interesting. We're going to go over to zero hedge and here's the chart that uh, i use for the thumbnail so the title here u.s trade deficit unexpectedly plunges meaning it decreases in biggest drop since gfc global financial crisis in a day when strong jobs data the adp numbers what we just spoke of in the last video has been viewed by markets as bad for risk assets again that that bizarre dynamic that's at play right now where good news is bad news and bad news is good news type thing Uh, This signals continued economic strength uh, and continued rate hikes. Therefore, the stock market goes down for some bizarre reason. (laughs) Uh, But according to the BEA, the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the November trade deficit narrowed to $61 billion from $77 billion the prior month, coming in below the median estimate of $63 billion. So you can see on this chart, if we look at the decrease, the percentage decrease, they're talking about this line right here. We have uh, something that we haven't seen as far as, well, I guess we have seen. I mean, the decrease, you'd have to say, uh, it, it, assuming this is a monthly chart, maybe it's not a monthly chart. That could be it. But assuming this is a monthly chart, we would have seen it uh, earlier this year and then going back to the GFC. But let's get back into the article so I can maybe better understand the details. So remarkably, the 20% one-month decline in the deficit was the single biggest drop in the U.S. trade deficit on percentage going back to the GFC. Okay, yeah, so that chart wasn't a a monthly chart that we were just looking at. And here's one, the one I used in the thumbnail, is more representative of what's going on month over month. So we click on this chart, and you can see that we're down here. It shrank by 20, basically 21%. And that's the largest the trade deficit has shrank going back to 2008 and right at the beginning of 2009, so the GFC. Now, we have come close 
So I would, it looks like the end of 2012, but you know, was the economy doing really well back then? Not, I remember 2012 and I remember it well, cause that's when I retired and that's when I got into real estate investing and the economy was anything but on fire uh, at the end of 2012, that's for sure. But you kind of ask yourself, well, why does the trade deficit decrease so much during these times of, of, of stress here? Uh, as indicated by the GFC. And uh, then maybe another question would be, why didn't it decrease that much during the surveys sickness? That's probably because we got the stimmy checks and we started ordering even more things from uh, the uh, uh, from China and whatnot, from overseas. That's why we didn't see a dramatic change in the trade deficit, although we probably saw it right when the surveys sickness hit and then it went the opposite direction, how it increased massively. And this is probably a result of that fiscal sugar rush that I think we were talking about in the last video as well. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. But getting back to the topic at hand, uh, why does the trade deficit decrease in times of what seems to be economic stress? And it goes right back to aggregate demand, which they touch on in this article. So they uh, say here, and while it would have been welcome economic news if the drop in the trade deficit was a result in surge of exports, but the plunge was driven not by rising exports, but rather by shrinking imports, a telltale sign of economic slowdown. So why are imports decreasing? Well, I mean, you could say because China shut down and uh, we can't get as many things from China and now that they're open back up, uh, hopefully we'll be able to buy more goods from them. We'll be able to stock the shelves, uh, or it could be because the American consumers just tapped out and all of that additional purchasing power they had from the past two years is now coming to an end and they're, we're seeing the bullwhip effect. They're buying a lot less stuff. So we're importing a lot less stuff. They go on to say, with consumer goods, industrial supplies, capital goods, and autos all contributing to the decline, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis said to, to wit, I think that might be a typo, while exports fell 2% in November to $251 billion, imports fell a striking 6.4%. So exports fell and imports fell. It's just imports fell a heck of a lot more which resulted in the deficit shrinking, but not in a good way, unfortunately, in the bad way. 
I shouldn't say that in a bad way, because uh, if we were increasing our, uh, you know, manufacturing capacity here, if we were creating more goods and services, then you could see a, a, a de decrease in demand for overseas pro uh, goods. And that would be uh, a sign of a healthy economy. But uh, I can assure you, based on the jobs numbers, that we're not seeing a manufacturing renaissance <laughs> here in the, in the United States, unfortunately. So exports of goods and services decreased 5.1 billion or 2%. Uh, so basically overall over uh, economic activity decreased significantly. The decrease in imports of goods reflected decrease in consumer goods, 8.8 .8 billion in industrial supplies yet. We talked about that. Okay. Whether the plunge in imports is due to the reverse bullwhip effect or economic malaise is unclear. Or how about a little bit of both? I mean, the, the bullwhip effect is, by definition, uh, a result of economic malaise, or at least a, uh, you know, you're suffering the hangover from the party, the stimmy party the night before. And so I get, I would definitely consider that economic malaise. The slowdown in U.S. consumer demand for foreign goods and services will serve to boost GDP due to the way, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's a very good point. Because what happens is they take overall economic activity and then they uh, subtract the trade deficit. So if the trade deficit is shrinking, that could artificially boost the GDP number. Hmm, very interesting. All right, guys. So there you have it. Uh, trade deficit news that we really need to pay attention to, to really get an understanding of what's happening in the macro macroeconomic landscape and how we can use this information to better determine the probabilities of certain outcomes in 2023 and, and maybe even beyond. Uh, what that report would lead me to believe is that uh, whether it's because of the bullwhip effect, which I think that's probably true, or whatever variable, uh, the US consumer is uh, has a lot less purchasing power now, and we're seeing that show up in the numbers. Uh, which is most likely what the bond market is telling us and all of these other metrics outside of the uh, jobs numbers. And uh, maybe all the other numbers are wrong. I mean, that's that's a possibility. Maybe the jobs number is right and the economy is really booming. And uh, all these tech layoffs, Salesforce, I just read, uh, fired or laid off another 10,000 people. Uh, maybe, just maybe, the jobs number is right and everything else is wrong. But it's definitely not my base case, <laughs> especially when you consider the overwhelming uh, data that would suggest otherwise. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you on the next video.